what is going on good people welcome to five rounds sorry i am late i know i know give me all the stick you want i am one tally but i was trying to make sure that we have a good show for you today guys so i am one tally we've got mr fundo vundula in the building i will tell you who this man is well, let me start with these comments first because i know they're gonna they, they i know they're eating me up now i saw the comments in the background gunjan what are you on about, bro? What's going on here? What, I'm not even going to read what you're saying, bro. Um, Milk Flavor Soda says, look, youth, un youth unemployment is a high cause of lack of punctuality. And you're not helping the you're not helping the cause. Dude, hold on a minute. Where's my memes? Where's my memes at? Let's, hmm. I'm not, hmm. Okay. <laughs> hold on, man. You're not that guy. All right. Cool. Cool. Um. What's up, Abby? Abby's in the building. Anna is like, you can never rely on black people to be on time. No, please. All don't. I'm going to say is that I must not be black because I was on time, ladies and gentlemen. He was on time. Was on Fundo, time. Fundo was on time. I'm never late. I'm never he late even anything. Funny thing is, he even called me. He was like, where are you? I'm here already. You know, so, yeah. Uh, milk flavor soda is Francis, by the way, Fundo. You remember Francis? Ah, Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm like, yo, Fundo from my hood. I'm like, yo, who's calling me out here? Mm. <laughs> it, it's Francis. Francis. Yeah, we know your government name. Um, so Drew says, what's cracking? Okay, so today, guys, today, what we're going to talk about is youth unemployment in third world countries. But to be honest, we're going to cover... It's it's a, it's a very when 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 I got to reading about it, it's a very broad subject. It's not something that just affects third world countries. You know, it affects the whole world. To be honest, you'll be surprised. Um, but before we get into it, right? I want Mr. Fundo to introduce himself. Like, why is he here? <laughs> <laughs> why is he here? This man is an entrepreneur. You know, this man is an entrepreneur currently pioneering the energy industry in Malawi, yeah? At a very, very young age, he set out to start his own business. So he suits this top topic perfectly, right? So Fundo, without further ado, tell these people who you are, man. All right, thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Wantali. Yeah. My name is Fundo Mvundula. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called 265 Energy. Uh, we're the leading alternative energy supplier for LPG and solar in Malawi. Um, basically started this business five years ago from zero, no customers up to about today. I think we're one of the, we're one of the fastest growing com companies in the country. And I was invited onto the podcast to speak about youth unemployment. And I think I'm going to add in from both sides 
in terms of why we have the situation, but uh, I think the mentality in which the youth, uh, especially today, comes into the workforce. Uh, we have a team, small team of about 20-plus uh, people. I've hired over 100 people um, within the lifetime of our business. Um, some have survived very well, uh, done very well, moved very well, and excelled in life. And others have fallen by the wayside. And I think I'm going to try and add in a little bit of both that contribute to that youth unemployment today of what contributes. It's not just the economy. Um, it's not just society. It's not government. I think it's very important to look at the individuals and how they walk in the door every morning. Um, mm. So I'm going to leave it at that for mm. now. Okay. Get into okay. it. Well, actually, before we do, at what age did you start your gas and energy business? How old were um, you? Sure. What am I? <laughs> Kurt doesn't know how old he is. <laughs> 24. <laughs> 24. So, um, so 24 going on 50. I started at 24. I started at 24. So 24. Just wanted to put that into context, guys, because it's, it's quite important. Um, youth unemployment is defined as a, an age group of people that are between 15 and 24 years old and, look, and are looking for employment. This is what the definition is, right? So when you look at it, you think youth, yeah, but anyone above 24 can be youth. You know what I mean? But the, the official recognition, the official definition of youth and unemployed youth is between the age of 15 and 24, you know, because at that point you should be either training or, or looking for employment or being employed or working towards employment. But there are so many arguments to that definition alone, depending on which country you're in, right? So I want to... Yeah, because... <laughs> Sorry, but you youth definition depends on where you are because in some cases youth goes up to 35. Correct. Correct. You know, but when you look at youth unemployment, you know, hey, 15 to 24. I wonder why. Would you happen to? Because I don't. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw some stats out there. Right. So things that I was looking at. So countries that have very high rates of youth unemployment. Right. I'm going to start with Spain, for example. 30% of the youth, youth, yeah, are unemployed in Spain, right? It's the highest in Europe, in the, well, the highest in the developing nations. Um, now, when you go to Africa, right, like Djibouti, for example, 77%, right? For Malawi, which is where we're from, 7%. <laughs> Only 7%. Of the youth are unemployed in Malawi. Now you can argue about that because if they're looking at this definition of fifteen to twenty-four year olds, of course it will only be seven seven percent because most of them are probably still going through school, you know, um, and not looking for jobs. If that makes sense, or even the data is not accurate based on the technology that's available, the the facilities, and so many other reasons. Basically, you know. Now, what I want to ask you, Fundo is what are the what are the biggest causes of youth unemployment right we're gonna slightly ignore this 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 definition that says 15 to 24 right because as far as we know youth can be beyond that right so what 
what are the biggest causes of youth unemployment? Let's start with third world countries, then you can expand to globally. Okay, so number one is the definition. Mm. So the definition, as you've stated it, is those between 15 and 24 looking for employment. These are people actively looking for employment. Yeah. If they're not looking for employment, they're not counted in unemployment. If they're unemployed and not looking, they're not counted. Because if you come and tell me that 7% of youth no. and uh, Malawi is 7%, uh, I'll laugh you out of the room. <laughs> right? So <laughs> that's number one. Number two, as we said, youth, you're counting between the ages of 15 and 24 is a lot of people are still in school. We're in third world countries. Um, so people go to school for longer um, than they do in other spaces uh, because, uh, well, yes and no, because um, some drop out of school earlier, some take longer to finish because of finances and things like that. So there's a lot of different variables to come in there. So look, I'm gonna look at youth unemployment by those who I'll, I'll put it by, my conversation will be around my definition of it um, as those who are qualified to work by being over the age of 18 who are not working and not contributing to society I think is a much better definition for us to take because if you just simply state that youth unemployment is based off of those who are not um, looking for work it's because they stopped uh, we have a massive issue in third world countries of young marriages. Um, so because they got married now, they won't be counted in the census. Um, because they're working as laborers, they won't be counted in the census. So you, you cut it down in so many different ways. I don't like the definition that they globally use for, no, only if you're looking for employment are you counted as unemployed. Mm. Right. So there's a bunch of individuals who are qualified to be employed by their age, but are not counted in that unemployment gap. Um, I'd like to start there. Now, on to the next part is um, there's so many different areas to touch on. And I'm going to try and get through as many as possible. So I may not go into as much depth. You can ask me if you want a bit more depth on some of these. Number sure. one is education. Right. Um we can't be in Africa saying, no, but Mark Zuckerberg didn't finish university and he owns Facebook. Yeah, that's 1% of 1% of 1% of people, right? Um, education is extremely important. Um, when growing up, uh, grew up single mother and her one thing was, I, she made sure we went to the best possible schools we could go to. And her number one thing is like, yeah, your friend's got a new phone. I can't afford that because I'm sending you kids to school. I'm going to give you the best education you can get, and you're going to get that for yourself. That was the principle in my household for as long as I can humanly remember, right? Mm. So um, education is utterly important, and one can try and play it however you want. But if you don't understand accounts, you have an issue. If you don't understand uh, deliverables and reporting, you have an issue. If you can't critically think, you have an issue. Um, if you can't then understand, if you're trying to go into entrepreneurship, um, which is then employing people, if you don't understand uh, contracts, then you have a problem. And these you don't understand at high school level, you understand them at university level. So education is extremely important. And as I say, a degree is not really about what you study. 
a degree is an unbiased person's opinion stating that you are able and capable to learn something, right? This is why someone can get a degree in business and then go and do something completely different. Someone can get a degree in journalism and then become an economist. Someone can get a degree in uh, human resources or um, um, what do you call these things? Uh, from law? basically law, there's a variation of things you can learn mm. um, in university. And then they come out and do something completely different. They can go into social media marketing and things like that. Mm. Why? Because it's not about the degree. It's about how the degree taught you to think. Interesting. Right? So if you don't have those connections in your mind on how to think differently, how to think outside the box, um, then you can't put yourself in the same box as like, no, these people made it and they didn't go to school. And as RB saying, it's like, yo, Zucks left Harvard. <laughs> not, your univer- not your college community, community college around the corner. Like, let's understand the levels to these things, right? So mm. education is absolutely important in the conversation. Mm. Um, number two is also, I believe there's this premise nowadays, especially because of social media, it's like you need to go into a career you love, a job you like. And like when you are coming out of the gates of university or high school and you're going to work, you need to work to earn a living, to make money. And you need to learn because the thing is when you're studying, you're, you're under the guidance of your parents. You're under the guidance of your guardians, whoever they may be, who are telling you everything to do, what time to get up, what time to study, what time to get on the bus. They're going to book the bus for you or the transport or whatever to get to school. This is when you close. This is when you open. You're guided. When you get into mm. the real world, it opens you up to this entirely different world of things where you now need to start making decisions yourself, Right. And you could make the wrong decision. You can get on the wrong bus. You can get on the wrong plane. And it's entirely in your control. It's entirely your fault, right? Mm. But the thing is that you need to get used to making decisions. And the thing is, while you're in school, you're never in the place of making decisions for yourself, which is one of the biggest things that I've seen. We have a challenge because we, in our business, we like to employ uh, graduates because we find it's easier to teach people the way we want to do business when they haven't worked in a different system where they tell you, no, 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 this is not how we do it. Um, I'm used to working like this, right? So a graduate is more open-minded in terms of how they work. But the problem is I also like to instill decision-making within our teams, right? So decision-making is something they've never done because someone told them what time they got up. Someone told them which bus they were getting on. Someone told them when they're going to school, when they're knocking off, when they're going to be picked up. So it's not instilled from an early stage in terms of decision-making. And that's kind of what's needed in the workplace to then grow further up because a lot of people find themselves stuck. And you're like, why? It's like, because you're not making decisions. Maybe you may not be in a space, you work in a bank, right? And there's a lot of corporate um, decisions that are made. Maybe you can't make the decision, but can you suggest it? Interesting. You're like, look, we have this challenge. But I suggest we do it. If you just suggest to your supervisor, they'll be like, this person's thought about a solution to this. They're okay. not looking at a piece of paper in terms of your degree, your qualifications, or anything like that. 
So I'll give you the example from my, from my team, right? Is that I have, I, I today employ people who have master's degree. I've employed people who are studying master's. I have, in, I have people on my team who have degrees and I have people on my team who've never been to university, right? So I don't do you, employ so you based look for... off of the degree, the qualification, no. Mm. I look at the individual and their work ethic. Interesting. Right? Because Can... it's, at the end of the day, it's what do you deliver? What do you put on the table? So how do you measure it though? So how do you measure this? Because look, I, I'm thinking about other employers as well. You know, like let's say you're looking for this on a personal level. Now, if we scale this up, how do you measure what somebody has, you know, this that you're looking for in the industry, you know, because we, we know that right now for you to get a job, so say in Malawi, right? They're looking for certain requirements or a degree of this level or experience of this level and whatnot and whatnot before you even step in the door. Right. So what is it that you are looking for in a person when you're trying to employ them, especially a young person? So let me let me answer this twofold. Uh, number one, from an employer's point of view, you must understand hiring is a gamble. Firing. <laughs> Repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> repeat that. hiring is a gamble and firing is certainty what i mean by this is this when i go through my entire vetting process and hiring and everything like that um i'm trying to see and guess how well you work so i'm asking what are your strengths what are your weaknesses and people have studied this thing people study Remember, people are coming from university, so they've studied everything. They've prepped in the mirror how to answer uh, strengths, weaknesses, biggest mistake you've ever made at work. I don't trust the employment process. Mm. It siphons some things out, but people are very good at getting through the gate of the employment process. But right. once you hire them and you're looking at the deliverables, you're like, this doesn't balance. So, right? so in interesting what you're mentioning there is very important. So you're saying it's not just the fact that people are not qualified or are qualified. It's the fact that the process of employing people as well is a bit flawed, basically. You know, it's something yeah, that... Everybody. Yeah, so the system of employing, employing somebody. So it's a one-size-fits-all when it should be really, let's get into your personality and such. You know? Exactly. Now, when I'm hiring, I'm basing it on how well did you answer... How well did you go through with the recruitment company? How well are you going to answer my questions? I don't ask normal questions in my employment process, right? Interesting. I'm going to ask you questions that throw you off, that <laughs> you can't study. Because now I want to see how do you think? Are the wheels turning or have you prepped for this? Okay. Now, right? that's, that's a good thing. You've mentioned a good thing here. You're, you're speaking about how you want to look at how people think, you know, it's not really something people are born with, is it? You know, it, it's something you develop over time, right? Which means it needs some sort of exercise or some sort of training or some sort of practice, right? Do you feel that there is enough infrastructure or resources or opportunities in place for people that you require in your industry, right? Do you feel like when somebody comes out of uni, they've got what it need, what they need to get a job or to be employed by somebody like you, basically. So I'm going to do two things because I need to finish answering my first point because yes. I only answered half of it. <laughs> Number okay. two, because oh, no. remember, remember oh. I said hiring is half of it. 
Okay. Firing is the other part. Yeah. By the time I'm firing somebody, I know for certain because I've worked with them, I've given them deliverables, and they either qualified or didn't qualify for the work. So mm-hmm. by the time it's coming to the point of you need to deliver on work, I now have empirical evidence to prove whether you're capable of the job or not. When I'm hiring, I'm guessing. I'm trying my best to remove that, but it's still guesswork. And that's for every business. That's why there's a probationary period for every institution on earth. You don't get a permanent contract the day you walk in because they've taken you through, whether you work for the UN, whether you work for a bank, whether you work for any organization, they're going to take you through a probation period because they're saying, did you bullshit us through, I don't know the language, sorry. That's Uh, all right. But through our induction process, through our training process, um, or are you really what you say you are, Uh, right? uh, That's one. Now, number two, coming to the point um, that you're saying is that in terms of our space, who I am, is that I believe that no one who walks in through the door is at the level we want them to be on, especially in low third world countries. Right. Because one of the things that set our business apart from everybody else was the fact that we operated like a first world con- a company. Right. right. What I say by this is in the essence of what we are saying. Anyone who knows me knows I'm never late to a meeting. If I'm late to a meeting, it's something that's completely out of my control. Right? All right. right. My team. (laughs) Firing in direct shots. (laughs) It's not something that I tell you, but it's something that you see. If you've had enough engagements with me, you'll realize that there are these things that I have, there's these principles that I have in place, right? Um. Then you're also looking at the point of saying that, okay, fine. Um, let's see uh, how far is this individual willing to go? So I'll give you this example. Um, my manager for one of our branches mm. did, doesn't have a university degree. But I do hire people. On, in our team right now, I have people who have master's. So he is at a higher level than them. Mm. That's not based on if it, off of his qualifications. He started mm. as a sales associate a year and a half ago. And he did very, very well within his role. And then every now and again, I tried like, okay, I tested him with a little bit of something extra. And I saw how does he think about solving this problem? I know the solution to the problem. But mm-hmm. I give him a little challenge and be like, okay, we have this customer who's complaining about this. How do you think we should solve this? Mm-hmm. How do you think we should solve this? How do you think this should go? Customers complain they need their cooker to be serviced. And then you mm-hmm. see, okay, the drivers are getting in the car and they want to go in service. Then you can ask them, it's like, where's your toolkit? It's like, no, we're going to go see the problem. Then we'll see if we need a toolkit. It's like, just take the toolkit instead. So by the time you get there, you know how to solve the problem, whether you need the toolkit or not. So than- I'm standing next to him and I'm, quiet right Mm. but i've given him this challenge and i'm seeing that oh wait he's thinking about the process he's making decisions and i'm allowing him to make decisions and i can like tap him like correct him here correct him there correct him here correct him there he's he was with us about a year and a half Mm. and essentially i continued challenging him in different ways he went in to then take over one of our branches. In the first 30 days, he cut expenses by 50%, increased revenues by 40%. Mm. 
you don't need a degree for that. He no. thought about it, but I could never have told that told you he was capable of doing that from the interview process. So he's coming to work with a different perspective. I will tell you here, there's a bunch of other people who say I'm a horrible boss because I hold people accountable. If you ask him, I don't think he'd tell you the same thing, right? Because I challenged him um, and I helped him grow and I helped him think the way I think. Right. Um, um, so he understands it. Like, what would Mufunda do in this situation? How would he resolve this problem? And I saw him make those decisions in front of me until I was like, "Go," because I, I believe when you have a challenge in in that branch, you'll think about it. If you don't know how to solve it, you're gonna call me, right? Um, so, uh, youth unemployment is um, when we come back to the topic of what we're discussing today, comes from what attitude do you have when you walk into the office? Because understand that corporations have systems in place for your performance measures. Small businesses, I'm seeing you every single day. And I can see you've come with a different work ethic today than you came with yesterday because we're dealing within a small corporate space, right? Mm -hmm. So this comes into the element of saying that although we have a team of like 20-odd pe people, I was actually doing a reconciliation. I think I might have retrenched close to 20 people this year. Wow. Wow. All right. Let me, because, let me, yeah. Let me pause you right there for the hold on. I need to show some love to the comments. And after that, I need to sort my camera out because somebody's already told me that my camera is looking like apparently I look like Sid from Ice Age or something. Um, oh, so you were worried about the cameras in Africa, but the cameras in the UK and now the ones bumming up. It's like <laughs> hey, everyone to clarify this. It's the software. This is it's crystal. The, it's the software. Crystal. Are we it's not the... using the same software? Can y'all ah, see me? Re relax. Can y'all see me? Yes, they can <laughs> see you. They will see you for now. Let me sort my camera out. Um, yeah, so Drew says, I think developing countries um, lack good governance to start with. Unemployment is a result of the of the lack of proper channel industry that, pro what? that provides jobs at postgraduates. What do you think of that? <laughs> Look, I, I I definitely agree with that. I see. I've heard, but it, but I've but heard it's twofold. Yeah, yeah. I've heard this it's a lot. Twofold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You. Let you, me. You, let you, me. You let me see. I've heard this a lot. You know, a lot of people are easy. Do I look better now? Do I look better now? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you look um, like you had patches on your like. I know, <laughs> man. I look like it was Villalago going on or something. Anyway, let me carry on. Let me carry on. Um, yeah, so guys in the chat, can you let us know what you guys think? Um, what's the what are the biggest causes of youth unemployment? Because this is coming from somebody who employs people, but let's hear it from people that actually look for jobs. You know, how was your experience as a youngster trying to chase jobs? What are the issues that you went through and stuff like that? There's one thing that I wanted to sort of um, express here is, and I think Fundo covered it. You know, he said, look, you know, going to uni you know, that degree is just a measurement of, okay, you can do things to this level, or you can do, you're, you're able to do something, but it's, it doesn't necessarily define, it doesn't necessarily say you can do a job, you know, if that makes sense, you know, oh, congratulations, you've got a brain, basically, you know. Um, so for me, the biggest gap is that between you getting that degree, or whatever it is you're going to get, the qualification, whatever you need, and then you getting the job, because everybody's 
under this um, impression that when you get a certain level of education, then the jobs should just come calling, you know, but that's never really the case. And, you know, sometimes you find that you are not really qualified for the job, even though you spent your life studying for it, you know. So I think one of the biggest issues of youth unemployment is that because the youth do not know. Yeah. do They do not know what they need to get a job, you know. Um, and there is a gap. Not that they don't know as well. There is a gap between that. And, you know, in the third world specifically, companies don't have the funding to help you get along. They want res results here and now, like what um, um, uh, <laughs> Baby Shakes 007 <laughs> said. I hope I got it right this time. All jobs require five years experience, but there is nowhere to gain the experience before graduation because there's no ga that gap. You know, there's no one there to teach you these industry, the, the things of industry standard. You know, the business expects results now, <laughs> you know. Um, so if I can come in there, mm. one thing that uh, I think is also going to contribute and people are going to feel however they feel about this. I think one of the things that helped me the most was experiencing life outside of the education system, right? So what I mean by this is that when I was in high school and I went on a, our summer break, hmm. my mom forced me to get a job, right? When I was in university, I worked as a waiter. I had to go and hand out CVs. I printed 100 CVs and went door to door until somebody hired me, right? So I was hired for like the last two, three years of my university. I always had a job because I always knew how to get a job. Hmm. Um, when, once I had had to get a job by myself, I knew how to go about the process, print 100 CVs and go and knock on every single door in the neighborhood until somebody hires me, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. But that got me to see the world from how the world is, not how my lecturer tells me it is. Okay. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people, when they want a job hunt, they're saying, I want this job, I want this job. So when you go to the list of 100 jobs, you're going to pick five. On the list of 100, because you don't want to do these ones, those don't mix with you. This is not part of my career growth, all that kind of stuff. When I see a list of 100 jobs and I'm job hunting, I apply to the 100 jobs. I don't care if I qualify or not. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. 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 Somebody, somebody, why, why am I applying for the job? Mm. I've been on both sides, mind yeah. you. Right? Yeah. I have worked for people before. I've, and somebody must hire, I need money today. Someone must hire me now. Mm. Once I got money in my pocket, now let me start getting sensitive about what my career path is. Right? I always say, if I lost it all today, I'm printing a hundred CVs tomorrow and knocking on doors. Very, I'm not very. gonna be like fancy about what job I get and everything like that, and understand that I've gotten to the point of running a business, hiring people, and everything like that. But if push comes to shove. I'm not going to sit down and say that I can't do this job because of X, Y, Z. I need this job because number one, I need money. People say that, oh no, I want to help people and everything like that. You can't help people if you're broke. Mm. Let's, let's, mm. it's the fact of the matter, right? You can't be um, sponsoring church. You can't be sponsoring orphanages if you don't have the money. So number one, you got to get the money. 
How do you do, get the money? You got to get a job. You got to work. That's the way the world works, whether you like it or not. You can try and fight the system and the system won't care. So and that, number one. Is and, that. That, and that is a very good point as well. It is also a, contr- a contributor to this, to youth unemployment. Because, again, let's think of us as those guys who have been living, as people call it in Malawi, living in the ding dong, you know, living in the fence where your, your fence has a bell or whatever it is, you know. Um, you expect things to come on a spoon, you know, you, you because you've lived in that lifestyle, you expect mm. to work a office job, you know, where we come from. Don't even, you know, people in the comments, whoever, whoever's watching my thing, ah, come on. I've seen the selfies in the offices. I've seen them. Do you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants that life. So um, sometimes I think we're our own problem. You know, if you're sitting there thinking, I'm waiting for my office job, then you're not going to accept any other job until you get that office job. So you're contributing to this unemployment level. So where Drew was talking about the government, if the opportunity is there, you're not taking it, if that makes sense. You know, so that's another issue. I think this one is a global one as well. But before yeah. we... Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, so look, um, when we speak of youth unemployment, I think what, what I was also saying that uh, when we're getting into this conversation... I don't want this to be a conversation about problems. We can talk about problems for forever, bro. Um, we need to look at, okay, how do we solve this, right? I, I, I would want to make sure that I don't leave here today without at least leaving some knowledge on the table in terms of how do we solve this, if not for the whole populace, for an individual who gets onto this video, right? Mm. So number one issue with unemployment is you. I wake up every day and everything that happens in my business is my fault. Whether I knew it was happening or not. Because if it's my fault, I can fix it. Interesting. If it's Wantali's fault, then I'm going to leave him to fix it. Uh, hey, if it's the government's doing? fault, <laughs> I'm going to leave the government to fix it. <laughs> Don't do this, man. If, the, comments, the comments will kill me. What are you doing? Are these comments... <laughs> right? They look for any excuse. The essence of what I'm saying is, number one is, I want to ask, if we're talking about youth unemployment and you're an unemployed youth, have you printed 100 CVs? Have you knocked on 100 doors? And when those 100 CVs and those 100 doors finished, did you print another 100 and do it again? Mm. Because that's what I would have to do. If I, was, if I didn't have my business today, I lost it all today and I had to go back to getting a job, I'm going to apply as a waiter, a bank clerk, whatever it takes to get in the door. Yeah, I need to get in the door first. Interesting. Right? So number one, to solve that for yourself, not as an economic thing, because we can't solve what the government of Kenya, government of Zambia, government of Malawi, government of South Africa is going to do. You can only solve your own problem. Right? So apply for the 100 jobs. Listen, let me read these comments because yo, these guys are really, really, really putting their points across. Um, the baby high says, Look, I love that fundo. Um, Gunjan says, Look, um, yes, I like this guy, but you need a structured individual. 
um, you are not going to hire somebody from the streets. Interesting. Um, someone, so RB says, someone can look really good on paper preparation-wise. However, once in the hot seat in the, in the position, you won't be able to perform as you're operating on a rehearsal basis. So what they're saying is you might memorize the job, but then under pressure, you know, your true colors come out, your true character, which is something you look for, uh, Fundo. Big up the people that are not late. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Sorry. As you can see, I've decided to get embarrassed. Hey, man, we do soundboards here, man. I, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> milk flavor soda said, Could, couldn't say the same thing about the host. All right, calm down. I'm just the host today, guys. Come on. Um, so the senior, the senior one. The senior one came and could be coming from different water in terms of making a decision. I can only I can only make from previous experience. Okay, okay. I got work. So Mill Favor Sources. Sort of I got work via connections, which was an advantage. To be honest, baking helps. <laughs> to be fair, baking helps. I read that one. Um, entry jobs are getting harder to find, especially in fields university usually offer. Okay. See, see what I mean? Um, we've got here Marcia Fierro. Marcia, welcome to Five Rounds. Listen, if you're enjoying this, please subscribe because it's always stuff like this. We got, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's content that you know you can share. I want to hear your opinions. We want to hear somebody else's opinions because the thing is, right? Normal people can be good as anyone. Everyone is good at something, right? But because you don't connect, you never really get to know. And this is why we're here to connect, basically. Um, the youth need excellent resources and opportunities to excel, knowledgeable mentors and professional leaders who are committed to their goals. But you see, for a developing country or a developed country, you have these things, these structures, these, these policies and things like that, which is something I wanted to sort of allude to as well. Countries like Malawi, they have some reforms, they have some policies in place for this, but it's just, it's just that we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the budget, you see. Um, and we don't have the industry that is patient enough to follow these laws. There are so many trade union breaches that we've broken. Just based on what I was reading today, there's so many things that we've broken that just, you know, because we're allowed to, if that makes sense. Again, it, go, it goes back to Drew's points. Um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is self-actually... Let me just share this, to be honest. <laughs> I'll just share this. Um, so, yeah, I want to... I wanna... Let me, there, there's one point there that that RB has raised. Yes. That it also Thank comes you. down to how well you're writing these 100 CVs. Get someone to proofread your CV. Try a different approach. RB, that was that was 2019's approach. Today, we've got something called ChatGPT. <laughs> uh, ChatGPT, a CV, please, RB. Um, it will solve everything for you. I, ChatGPT, business <sighs> plans loan applications, uh, proposals, ChatGPT, AI has solved all of that for anyone who doesn't know how to do it. Mm. So um, for anyone who's looking at that, I understand that, that the quality of your CV is very, very important. But you have the opportunity that there's somebody who can help you for free. It's called ChatGPT. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, I'd like to get an understanding in terms of contextualize that that point um then entry jobs are harder to find um yeah. i think 
yeah, because here's the thing. When our, when when my mom was um, going to school, A-Levels was the Rolls Royce of education. When your mom was going um, then, to school. When my mom was going to school. Like, if you had mm. an A-Levels, you beat everybody. You're like, the Don. Then it mm. came to, you were the Don. Then they came to a point where, no, nah, A-Levels, everyone's doing A-Levels. The next thing is an undergrad. Then everyone got an undergrad. Right mm, when mm. I would say rotten about when my sisters were finishing university, um, then after undergrad came that not nah, everyone's now got the basic of an undergrad, you now need a postgrad. <laughs> now, postgrad <laughs> is the minimum entry requirement because everybody's got an undergrad. So, if you want right. to differentiate yourself, that's the thing. But here's one thing I'm definitely going to tell you, right? 100% work experience is more important than the certificate. Facts. I I will tell you that for a fact. And it doesn't really matter the kind of work experience because once you've worked in an environment, in any kind of working environment, I'll tell you that when I was in university, I worked at a restaurant um, and they were a pizza place. There were business principles that I took from that pizza place that I applied my business today. No. Because of the experience that, that I took from that place. Right? So it's also just as important as you as the employee. If you come to work and your approach to work is clock in, clock out. Trust me, your supervisor knows. <laughs> If you're not there to add any kind of value, trust me, your supervisor knows. Interesting. But in terms of the experience, let, let me also be very, very clear on this point. Experience isn't just what you're gonna put on the CV. Experience is what you take away from that job because no matter how much you love or hate that job, hmm. you're gonna learn something from it. The job that I'm telling you that I worked at a pizza place, left and implement that stuff in my business. I left that job because my boss was a racist. Not to say he was a bad businessman, but he was a racist. So I was like, I resigned because he was a racist. But I was like, man knows business. Can't fight the points. Interesting. So I took the points as as work as is, and I was like, hold on, why why do these customers always come back here every Sunday at eight o'clock? And how does the whole restaurant know how to serve these people? Mm. There, were, there was a strategy, right? Now, whatever that strategy is, you can take it and implement it into the next place, into the next place. And this is where I'm saying the thing is that today we're too caught up on Instagram and threads and X and all of these things. We're like, we want the job that you can post online. It's, it's not about doing fancy jobs. It's about getting the experience for yourself, for your mental, not for your CV, not what you can put on paper. What did you learn from each of the jobs you've been in? How did they work? How did they operate? Because as you move to the next job, the next job wants you to understand how do you add value to me? There's, everyone is selfish. Understand hey. that, right? Every business is selfish. Of course. I'm not hiring you because I need you. I'm hiring you because what are you going to add to me? What value are you going to do for me? me? Mm. Right. And I'll give you an experience of a friend. A friend of mine worked for an organization 
and they were part of the administrative sector. And they used to hire the fuel management of some vehicles and things like that. And one day they're going to go refuel and in front of them is one of the vehicles from the office refueling. And they had fuel cards and then they saw that the car, the driver was using the fuel card, but they weren't putting fuel in the car and he was cashing out essentially. And they're like, hold on, how do I deal with this? And I was like, no, they recorded the whole situation, didn't know how to deal with it. Mm. I was like, no, you need to report that and everything like that, do that on all that. And then they reported it. Of course, there was an investigation. They found out the whole situation, da, 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 da. Then when their contract ended, they were like, okay, I'm going job hunting and everything like that. I was like, where, where, where is that experience in your CV? And you're like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, no, no. The next employer is going to look for your level of integrity. So you're not snitching on your previous organization where you work. He's like, what, what do I bring to the table? Where I previously worked um, in this role and I managed these vehicles, I came across a syndicate of exploitation of this particular system and I put in roadblocks to then hinder this from happening again. Interesting. They're like, oh, you're a problem solver. <laughs> So if I give you a problem, you're going to solve it. You're going to solve it. If I give you resources, you're going to protect them. And you're going to do it to an extent where I haven't snitched on nobody. Like, no, I saw this or this. No, no, no. I haven't snitched on anybody. I've just said that. And it's something that can be corroborated if somebody went to go and check on it. Hmm. So the thing is, sometimes someone doesn't understand that the things that you experience in business, it doesn't matter if you were a waiter. It doesn't matter if you were an executive, but if I did something to ring fence and protect the business where I worked and I tried to solve a problem for a customer and everything like that, and then I explained that and my role in solving that problem, that was my win. And that's, you can't get that in a classroom. No. 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 So we, can't, we may not be able to solve youth unemployment on this particular podcast today. But what I'm saying is from you as an individual, there are things that you can do to differentiate yourself, no matter whether you went to the Ivy League school or not. Um, 90% of the block that I see for, from a lot of people is they put a mental block on themselves. Like, I don't have the experience um, to apply for this job. I don't have the qualifications to apply for this job. I didn't go to the right school for this job, whatever. And you've blocked yourself. I have a principle. Let them say no. I'm not going to say no on their behalf. Correct. I'm going to walk in the door, hand in my CV. If there's going to be a no, it's going to be theirs and not mine. Because I believe that I can do the job. All right. I'm going to move this on because we have spoken about, we have spoken a lot about what the issues are. In fact, you've even touched on solutions, to be fair. Um, it's almost like you read my notes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, but um, look, I just want to read these comments quick. Hey, you guys are really, 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 you have opinions on this. And sorry if I've missed your comments, guys. Um, I'll try and read through most, well, as many as I can. And then we'll get back to this topic, right? Um, so, <laughs> wow, there's a lot of things going on here. Chat GPT, so <laughs> RB says, Chat GPT says, won't be there to help you out in real life. This goes back to someone looking good on paper 
but having zero skills in real life. I mean, if you can, if you can take the knowledge off of, of ChatGPT, I think what you were trying to say is take the knowledge off of, of ChatGPT and turn it into something. That's a skill on its own, really. Because let's be honest, you know, let's be honest. Um, a, an ignorant person or an illiterate person can be in front of a library looking for answers that are just behind them. You know, you could be, you could, you could literally be in that place. You could be someone who wants to go from A to Z, but you don't have a driving license. You know, um, sure. so. I think it's not, it's I'll, not, yeah. I'll give 30 know. seconds on that. I'll give 30 seconds on that quick. Um, yeah. The crazy thing with human beings is they'll find an excuse for something not to work, no matter <laughs> what. So, um, Arby, you can look at it in two ways, which is one, yeah, there definitely is that side of it, but maybe someone is really good at something and they can't, they can't articulate themselves. And that's where ChatGPT can come in and assist um, from that side. So it, it gives some people, that's why I said that the process is flawed because someone could be completely incompetent, very good at using ChatGPT and get in. And someone could be really good, but can't really communicate how good they are. And they don't even know ChatGPT exists. So there's two sides to it that, that you can definitely look at there. But as an individual, it depends on how you're going to take it. Like, okay, can I run it through? Can I run my CV through, get its thoughts, get its, like, tweak this and everything and give myself a better opinion? As I said, as a human being, we're all selfish at the end of the day. Um, so how are you going to see? The question is, at the end of the, the day, on this topic of youth unemployment, what do you want to take away from it? Absolutely. So Absolutely. I, 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 I love the dialogue and I love the devil's advocate <laughs> of it as well. Um, but the question is, at the end of the day, well, what are you going to take from this? Yeah. Mm. The next one. So, BabyShix007 says, it was when you mentioned being able to help others when you haven't sorted out your own needs. Maslow's theory, no, sorry, Maslow's hierarchy of needs states that the order in which needs must be met to thrive i and and milk flavor soda i saw this all right i saw they said ma what i said maslow's instead of maslow so you know uh he was trying to get me for that one um abby says chat chat gpt is gonna call hmm? chat gpt is gonna call your petrol station yes he's gonna call your petrol station job a petrol distribution engineer <laughs> meanwhile they could pass for the same they're very different. Okay, 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 okay. So um, if I'm to add on that, it's basically saying that it's going to make you seem like you're gold when you really aren't. Um, I think it's also important to look at it in terms of understand, like when, when as employers, uh, we go through hundreds of CVs. I'm extremely lazy, uh, whether one would like to believe it or not. I don't like reading CVs. I ask people to put in 60-second video clips. Motor no! <laughs> no, I think we've lost him, guys. I think we've lost him. Um, while he's away, I'm going to read these comments, right? Because um, Baby, Sh Baby Shakes 007 is saying something here. Like, um, here we go. I'm going to go back to this part. If you don't have your psychological needs met, you can't meet. You can't then meet other other needs such as self actualization. Um, your soft skills become the tipping point in your favor. 
I'm gonna okay. So I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put this guy out for a minute, let him sort himself out, and then we'll get back. We'll get him back in. Um, so employment employment is just about solving problems. I don't get it. No, 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 no. It's 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 a skill. You see, um, employers are not really looking at the pay. You know, like you can have ten people applying for a job, and all of you have the same qualifications. How are they going to differentiate the difference between one person and another? That's what he's trying to say. Are you able to solve these problems that I'm going to present to you? You know what I mean? It's like think about it, Gunjan. Let's say you know, let's say ten girls fancy you. Yeah, they're all beautiful. They're all intelligent. They all come from well-to-do families. They're all cultural. What is it that you're going to be looking for in these people, you know, in the 10 girls that like you, Gunjan? Do you know what I mean? Because if you're just saying you just want a beautiful, intelligent woman who comes from a good family, then you're, you're going to have to marry all 10 of those women, isn't it? Uh, but, you know, what, what makes the person unique from the other, if that makes sense? Um, We've got Baby Shake saying, maybe we can start changing mindsets of the unemployed youth. And this is the point today. We are trying to do that. Change the mindset. You see, the solution is in the mindset. Um, RB says, well, I have a job. Gunjan said, well, would you hire somebody who does understand the work culture, communication culture, but solving your problems? I don't get that question, Gunjan, if, or who doesn't understand your work culture. Um, yes, because problem solving is simple. There's a problem. What do you have around to solve that problem? You know, what resources do you have? And what's your thinking capacity? You know, like, it's basics, really. Well, maybe let me not say that. It's as simple as this. When you, hmm, when you finish university, Gunjan, right, the first thing you're going to think is, I need to get a job. Why are you getting a job? You know, or when you sit there or walk in the road, you see a guy with a nice car, whatever it is. And you're like, I want that car. How are you going to get it? Because it's a problem. The problem is you don't have the car. So how are you going to solve that problem? You understand? And, and companies will look at that. How are you thinking about solving that problem? Are you going to go rob a bank or are you going to convert something out of nothing? You know, it's your values and how you apply yourself, really. You know, um, that's what he gets. <laughs> so they're talking about your internet thing, man. That's why he gets for calling me old. <laughs> look, look who's look who all of from Frozen is now. Um, man, listen, I need to move this on right quick. Jeez. Um, what what do you think are the consequences of not of youth unemployment? You know, um, and I'm applying this to the chat too. So, Fundo, what do you think are the consequences? So, like, if you don't employ, you know, the youth today what are the consequences looking on looking further on because we can't be sitting here talking about it for 54 minutes without knowing exactly what issues that is going to cause you know yeah so, so look um yeah sorry sorry uh, i i talked too much about the third world internet it, it showed me flames sorry um <laughs> so <laughs> Consequences of it are you get left with archaic ways of thinking and solutions and problem solving, right? Because um, if you have older people in positions, they're going to use what they know and their experience to solve problems. And every single day, there's new, prob uh, new problems and new solutions coming up. So let's say um, somebody who's in 40s, 50s, who, who's uh, in your business and been operating there for four years or something like that, comes across some problems 
and how to interpret them, they're going to use convenient, conventional ways. Mm. Today, you, you bring in um, a new university graduate um, and they're part of your marketing department and you explain to them a challenge about you're losing some market share in some area. Um, they don't have the experience. They're going to go to AI and get in a bit of ideas from there. Now, AI may not have, be able to contextualize, but it can give a lot more different context and solutions. So you've got two people to problem solving differently. But the problem is the undergrad is solving in the world of 2023, which is AI. Mm. Mm. While the person who has the 15, 20, 30 years experience is solving on experience that's outdated now because the day, every day, everything changes. So if you look at this at a macro scale now, is that saying, okay, fine, when you get into government, when you get into large businesses, when you get into your standard banks, your old mutuals, um, your Sunlums, your Lloyds, your um, all of these Apples, all of these very large organizations, who do you want? The person who's got experience mm. on how to solve this problem from five years ago? or the undergrad who's going to go on Google and YouTube and find <laughs> how to drive volume on my podcast today. Because the thing is, yeah, they've been marketing for five years and don't use AI. And they're going to tell you like you can drive content based off of their experience and knowledge over the last five years. And someone's just going to punch it into AI and AI is going to tell them how to do it. Mm. Right. So, the consequences you have is archaic ways of thinking in society, which is why a lot of uh, societies that you see that are growing and excelling, even in Africa, you'll find if you look at Rwanda, you look at Kenya, they're getting a much younger demographic into higher positions of decision-making, hmm. which are coming up with more modern ways to solve today's problems, right? So the problem with youth unemployment is you're leaving these people out who know how to communicate in this day and age because you're going to go to uh, the Ministry of Trade and they're going to say that we want to create a trade fair on how to bring businesses together and then they're going to advertise it in the newspaper. And I'm mm. going to ask anyone on this call, when is the last time they yet spent their own hard-earned cash buying a newspaper but you do mm. have an extra side hustle where you're like i would want to go to that trade fair but now you're not speaking to me anymore mm. right you don't speak to my business what it is so it has multiple impacts on society as a whole because it leaves us behind so where you find that um even leaders of countries are much younger outside of africa and we have people been in for decades and generations they're still thinking like it's the 1980s. Hmm. So they, they don't know that the most effective way to communicate a message is to just open a Facebook Live. They want to hold a press briefing hmm. with the traditional media and everybody. Yeah, that'll get there. But if you want to get a message out right now to as many people as humanly possible right now, is open a Facebook Live. Open a thread, right? So all of these kind of things, um, we... We're living in a time that's forever um, evolving and we need solutions that deal with the new challenges that we have today. So we're gonna, as third world countries, most specifically with our youth unemployment, it's gonna leave us behind. 
because we don't even understand how the world is working. We don't have the time. We're not given the opportunity, right? We're, uh, we're hiring people who are 28 getting their first full-time jobs. Mm. Our parents, their parents had houses by the time they're 28, 30. Mm. Someone's getting their first entry-level job at that age, right? So now you've got to understand that it, it's, it becomes a cycle. And it actually hurts society a lot more. It really does. It really does. Um, so we got Noel here. Noel Goodwin Chikoti said, following up from Da, Tanzania. <laughs> welcome, man. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. And make sure you like the video, guys, please. Make sure you like the video. Um, let's see. Let's see. So <laughs> they, they it, what? Okay. I don't mention that. I don't mention wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. Brain drain, high cor crime and corruption, and lack of economic growth and innovation. Um, Busi Tembequayo said, back then, when people who get opportunities who don't deserve it, which is people who get uh, business opportunities or employment opportunities based on their connections, mm. um, get it, the other people stayed. Today, he says that there's something called a passport, and mm. people pick up their passport and, and they leave. go. And they go. And I wanted to share something as well that I was looking at, you know, um, with this, this African brain drain thing. Um, so look, um, the, this is a BBC article says, look, African brain drain, brain drain, 90% of my friends want to leave, right? Um, there's something that was interesting. The main reasons for, Af for African youth emigration, right? So the reasons that you know, let's, you know, the consequences here, right? We're talking about when they're not employed in their own country, they go somewhere else. And what are they seeking? You know, their reasons are economic. So, you know, they're looking for, I guess, a, a better pay, uh, better lifestyle, better education, new experiences. Corruption is number four. So, the, you know, maybe let's look at these four, you see, the four reasons that people are deciding to leave. You know, maybe the job that I'm going for is not paying well enough. Or the job that I want to go for is not paying well enough. The education standard wasn't good, or it's not good enough for me to fulfill my role, you know. So let's forget about the, I guess let's forget about the, the experience side of things. So the young people now, yeah, based on a survey in 2022, are thinking, look, the education, the economic reasons of the country, and new experiences. I'm surprised that new experiences is third here because. Why would somebody want to choose new experiences based on what the conditions of the two? Is it the two that are, you know, the two, the top ones that are no, contributing? You, you, you're going to go back to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, economic mm. money. Right? Mm. Um, mm. I'll tell you that uh, in terms of the brain drain is that, look, I'm, 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 a, I'm a businessman myself. I mm. consider like doing business in Malawi versus doing business in Rwanda versus be doing business in South Africa. What, mm. if I put the same effort in, what will my return be, right? There was a devaluation in Malawi today, <laughs> right? <laughs> today, this is not, this is actually what's happened today. So if you stay in Africa, whatever money you earn in Africa right now, depending on where you are, you become poorer in the global context of the world with each devaluation and how far everyone is moving economically, right? So economics is not just 
I want to earn more. It's that I'm becoming poorer by staying here, right? Then the second point, point being education is the point that I said that understand back then A-levels was Rolls Royce, Ralph level. Mm. Then it became undergrad. Then it became a master's. But then it also became where did you get the undergrad from? That's where did it. you get the That's master's it. from? Yeah. That's that makes it, me globally um, acceptable, marketable. Employable. Right? Good, good exactly. Mm. Right? So if I can get a master's from a local university in Malawi, but it won't increase my chances at the UN. For those who are strictly looking at job hunting and not saying that you want to be a business owner, right? <laughs> so I need to go to South Africa. I need to go to the US. I need to go to Australia. I need to go somewhere where my education is credible globally. Right. I'm not going to do a postgrad and then find out that they won't accept it when I go to Botswana. Mm. Right. Then the third one was new experiences. Yes. And new, new experiences experience. is essentially saying that, look, things are quite stagnant where I am. Uh, my income is not changing fast enough as mm. I wanted to. Uh, education, I may or may not want to pursue that more. I want a job. Um, that's not available. I just want something different. I'm, it's too repetitive, right? And then corruption yeah. is where you're saying that, look, um, the only way I can get the upper hand in these countries is if I'm corrupt and I don't want to be corrupt. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go try and find somewhere where I can level myself as an individual and elevate myself as an individual without having to be corrupt, right? So because the, the only way I can get this job is if I know this person and I'm so that's where corruption happens. In a nutshell, the developing nations, or no, sorry, the developed nations, because where these people are emigrating to, let's be honest, are going to be better places, places with, with better economic structures and all of that, are going to be gaining this pool of talent, you know, this pool of young potential talent where they're going to have, they're going to be spoiled for choice, if that makes sense. And the people that stay, you know, obviously they'll be staying for different reasons, but in this country, you, you're going to have, I guess, a stagnant amount of you know, potential, if that makes sense, you know, so I think this is one of the, um, one of the consequences, I believe, you know, but um, well rounded up, man, well rounded up, I am going to go to the very last question, in fact, I want to ask the guys in the chat, um, the only one person who mentioned the consequences, I think two, so guys in the chat, I think they're having a little bit of, there's something going on in the chat, something going, mods, you know what to do, you know, you know what to do, if somebody's misbehaving in the chat, get them out, this, you know, we're not here to mess about. You know what I mean? You're, people are going to get fired in here before they even get hired. Um, look, um, the last question, yeah? You touched on this, actually, but I want you to summarize it. I want you to give us some points, so a takeaway, basically. Um, what do you think should be the proposed uh, solutions? What are the current solutions and what should be the proposed solution so if you want to summarize that what do people what should people take away today and what what could be done if that makes sense so my point is always talking about what you can do i can't talk about what the government's going to do no government is going to even if they do see this is not going to do anything about it mm. so the proposed solution um would be towards the individual who sees this, is that figure out how to make yourself more marketable with the resources that you have available. Don't be picky on the jobs that you get, get a job. The economy is tough everywhere in the world, right? Grass is always green on the other side, as they say. 
get into a space of, space of working because wherever you are working, even if you're working as a waiter, depending on where you're working, one, there's the people, your colleagues that you work with. Two, is the people that you're serving. You don't know who you're going to be serving. You could be serving a minister. You could be serving the CEO of an organization, ETC, networking. But three, you are gaining experience. Experience. Yes, there are jobs that say that I'm look, they're looking for the experience within a particular field. Mm. But I will tell you that from an employer's point of view, I'm looking for somebody who has worked, who has the experience of working, who has the experience of being on time, who has the experience of delivering work, who has the experience of critical thinking, problem solving. This is what we're looking for in individuals. So whatever it is, even if you work in a restaurant, right? And I'll take this because I've worked in a restaurant myself, is mm. that when you are then applying, like what are your wins? What problems did you solve within the space that you were in? There were stock shortages that were there and you came up with a system around that. We were using too much of some resource or something, napkins or whatever, and we des- and I suggested that we do this to try and optimize this. I saw that was um, this issue taking place and people were extorting this particular system and I came and suggested to management that we do A, B, C, D, mm. right? Yeah, all of you worked as waiters who are applying, but I'm going to look at the one who did something to value add to where they are coming from. So as an individual, don't think that the actions that you do in a business are too small, but also brag about them, right, in your next um, role. So even though if you are working or anything, I, I speak to my team and I ask them, what have you achieved in the last three months. Mm. What can you say that's happened in our business that would not have happened if you were not here? And if you Mm. have nothing to answer for it, then you're just coming in and clocking in and clocking out. So what I want you to do now is from now to three months, I want you three months from now to list down the 10 things, the 15 things, the 30 things that you have achieved that we would not have done as a business if you and Dali were not the one in the business for this. Mm. So mm. you can t- put that down as your story in terms of I achieved optimizing A, B, C, D. I re- achieved reducing the amount that we wasted on A, B, C, D. I stopped this particular plunder from happening within the business, ETC. These are small things and it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It speaks volumes of who you are as an individual to the next employer that you're looking at. So in terms of possible solutions is value add to the where you are you may not like it as much but value add so that what i'm not and i'm not saying lie right i'm saying that if you put that down as part of your achievements when somebody comes back to check that you've got receipts that 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 that's my two cents Good man, good man. Apologies, my technology is deciding today to, um, you know, to misbehave. I think it needs to get fired, to be honest. <laughs> um, nah, well, well summarized, man. Well summarized. Listen, we have a tradition on this podcast, right? We call something something we call Jijewa word or phrase of the week. So what we do is I introduce or we introduce people to a Jijewa word or phrase of the week, translate it, and let the guys also 
uh, translated in their languages. So I'm going to give you the reins. Um, you decide what word you want while I explain to these guys. So while Fundo's coming up with a Chichewa word of the week or phrase. Oh, I'm supposed to come up with one. Coming up with it. Um, guys, next week is five shots and chill. Yeah, so I've been saying this. If you get four Chichewa words of the week correct or phrases, um, you can nominate anyone who's on the show on the day to take four shots, or you can keep the points for the quiz. The OGs, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. But the guys that are new, this is what we do. We have themes. Well, we have a theme every week. We have a certain type of show every week. We have Five Shots to Chill, which is our sig- one of our signature shows where we just talk about a lot of things. You know, there's going to be a few stories. Drew has a few stories. Obi has a few stories. If you guys have stories, let us know. So we're just going to chill, drink, and talk. So <clears throat> those water shots, he says. No, no, no. It ain't water shots. For the non-alcoholics, it'll be vinegar. We agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Fundo, what is the Chichewa word or phrase of the week? Yo, <laughs> can I say it in English and you'll translate for me? Yes, yes, fine, I will. Um, the my my <laughs> I don't know if this is a positive one or not, but uh. Hey. Please don't let it be a password. Don't let it be a password. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. All right, cool. Um, The phrase for the week is, there's no trust when it comes to money. There's no trust when it comes to money. Ah. Supporting Wantali's dream of better internet. Wow. Relax. It wasn't internet. It was just the it was the <laughs> connection. It was the USB connection, man. Something happened. Everything was just popping up on my screen. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Anyway, um, say that again. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. All right, there, man, you got, there you got is to make, it, make it easier. Damn. That's easy. There's no trust when it comes to money. Drew, what's the translation? Drew's in the chat. Drew's gonna know. <laughs> There's no trust. What's trust in trust in Chichewa? Trust in Chichewa. Look at me. Look at me failing miserably. You know what I mean? That was the wrong one. Wrong one. Don't worry about it. Wrong sound. Wrong sound. Um <laughs> this bad internet is giving me MPSD. Wow. Is it that bad? Whoa. Okay. Anyway, nah, I'm gonna call with it. Imp- I'll I'll say work. Actually, work in, in Chichewa and Chidro. Right, because of the theme, employment, work. That all right. So here we go. The Chichewa word of the week, because I am not translating the other one. Not now, anyway. <laughs> See, I'm even thinking about it. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, you threw me off, so I threw it back at you. Raw man. So that's the word there. Isn't it? Oh. But there we go, there we go. So Chimame, thank you. Thank you. Chimame says Palibe Chikupililo Pandalama. That is there you the... go. You know what I mean, I couldn't think of it off my head. Um yeah. 
He thinks I'm going to remember all of that when I'm having my wine next during the quiz. Well, it's meant to be hard. It's not meant to be easy. It's meant to be hard. Sorry. Um, my pre-birthday. Okay, so next week's your pre-birthday. Well done. Okay, guys, for those that don't know what Five Shots and Chill is, we just chill, we talk, we talk, we have stories and whatever it is. Join us next week as well. We're always live Fridays, 7 p.m., British summertime. Um, I wanted to thank Fundo for coming on and really dropping a lot of gems. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want me to bring more people like Fundo, make sure you support the channel. Make sure you subscribe because this is not easy, guys. It's not easy to bring people like him. He's a busy man. Um, but before he goes as well, I wanted to play one of our one of one one thing that we play for people that drop gems or drop something that's pretty cool. To be fair, and his name is John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, guys, show some love to Fundo. This is five rounds, one tally. Fundo, Ovi wasn't here. Drew will be here next week. I'm out. Have a good weekend, guys. Take it easy. Save.